Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. There have been a number of reports in the recent months around the fact that many people are avoiding getting routine checkups, health screenings, and early diagnostic tests because of the pandemic. A recent report demonstrated quite clearly that over half of all Australians are avoiding their healthcare during COVID-19. There's data from the Cancer Council to support this, with over a third less breast cancer screenings taking place during the coronavirus pandemic. This drop in early detection means that up to 8,000 women have breast cancer right now, but they don't know it. There's more data from Cancer Australia showing huge reductions in tests that diagnose three of the most common cancers, so like skin, breast and colorectal, in Australia between March and April this year. Experts are concerned that the same will happen for heart disease, with males twice as likely to develop coronary heart disease and the disease responsible for one in four deaths in Australia in 2018. In an effort to take action and put a stop to this trend of neglecting general health, Novartis have created something called the Wellness Day campaign, and I thought it was an awesome initiative that needed some attention to not only showcase the great work that they're doing in the space, but also to motivate others like you, to focus on your own health for a moment during these challenging times. In this episode of the podcast, you'll hear from Cheryl Maley, General Manager of Oncology for Australia and New Zealand at Novartis, as she provides an overview of the Wellness Day program. After that is Crystal Barter, CEO of Humanize Health and the founder of Pink Hope, and she'll provide insights into the human behaviour around health checks and how things have changed this year. Lastly, I'll speak to Holly Masters, the CEO of the McGrath Foundation, to talk about the consequences of delaying routine health screening and the need for us to take more proactive steps around our own health. First up is Cheryl Maley, General Manager of Novartis Oncology, Australia and New Zealand. Cheryl's been in the pharma industry for nearly 20 years and was previously the General Manager for Novartis in the Philippines. Cheryl is focused on developing the talent that Novartis has locally and provide career opportunities within Australia, within the region and globally. In this discussion with Cheryl, we talk about what Wellness Day at Novartis is all about. Thanks so much for joining, Cheryl. Thanks for having me, Pete. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. What's your role at Novartis? So I'm the General Manager for the Oncology Division for Australia and New Zealand. I've been with Novartis now for about seven years and uh, worked over different countries uh, with the organisation. And for those who don't know, Novartis is a leading global medicines company. And we really focus on innovative science, digital technologies and data that really lead to transformative medicines, and particularly in the areas of greatest unmet need. Excellent. And tell us a little bit more about Wellness Day at Novartis then. What is that and, and how did that come about? Yeah, we're super excited actually to launch Wellness Day in October. It actually, it, what Wellness Day is, we are providing all of our employees, 770 people, one day paid leave before the end of the year for them to go and have routine health checks. The reason that it came about was, you know, we were looking at the data around the impact of COVID and we were really quite quite startled to actually see that the number of people turning up for routine screening, particularly in the area of breast screening or other routine health checks, had dropped significantly. And it was probably out of you know valid concern at the time. But the concern for COVID was probably outweighing the concern for cancer for many people. And that for us was quite concerning. And so 
the idea came about just because we wanted to say what could we do to help ensure that people do get these routine health checks and are not walking around at higher risk of outcomes related to cancer than what they would normally be. We, you know, we have incredible screening services in Australia and we wanted to make sure that people were not at higher risk. So what we did was really first said, how do we keep all of our employees safe? So giving them the one day was a key part of that so that we gave them the time to actually go and make sure that they had that routine screening. The other part of it was that we said, why don't we take this a step further to say for everyone that does have their health screening done before the end of the year is we'll donate money to both Pink Hope and the McGrath Foundation. We'll give $5 for each screening to each organisation. And the other piece that we thought was an important part of Wellness Day was actually that to start a conversation mm. for all of our employees that have this Wellness Day opportunity. They talk to their families about it. They talk to their friends about it. And, and that was another key part is to raise awareness, to say, people should go and have these routine health checks. Mm. And then the last part was saying, how do we get others on board? What can other large organisations like Novartis do also to ensure all of their employees are safe? Yeah. Now, that's amazing. And, and so, with the employees then, so so if I'm a Novartis employee, I can get a day to, like, I don't have to use my sick leave or anything. I can have a day to then go get a, a health check. Is it just limited to uh, breast screening or is it any kind of health check that I can get? It's any health check, any routine screening, mm. whatever the employee sees is important to their time at their time. And it is one day that is paid, but it's on top of their sick leave and on top of their annual leave. So it's a day that is dedicated to wellness. And, you know, we've already, when we announced Wellness Day, we had some of our employees reach out straight away and say, oh my goodness, I've had a referral sitting on my desk for six months. Yeah. Now this has prompted me to do something. Yeah. And, and it's those conversations that are really important because clearly there is a need to continue that healthcare journey. And so it really, we're already hearing a, a lot of people that are taking advantage of it very quickly. Mm. No, that sounds wonderful. And, and lastly, then are other companies or other people. So, so what, if they're not, you know, lucky to be employed by Novartis to have this day off, what, what should they be doing next? What should we all be doing next? Yeah, we've already started conversations with many organisations, some large retail organisations, some PR organisations, events organisations, and we've got a number that are interested to come on board. So, what we're trying to do is just spread the word to say, you know organizations, you really can make a difference by offering one day to all of your employees to start the conversation. And hopefully it will build momentum as more organizations come on board to something that is just so important for not only their employees' health, but also for the community and more broadly, if we can be all be raising funds for those patient organisations that are so desperately mm. in need of funds this year. So, it's a continued conversation and we really are hoping that, that many do come on board. It also supports some existing efforts, particularly in our industry. In Medicines Australia has a campaign that is Don't Wait Mate. You know, they're in support also of organisations doing the Wellness Day. So, there's many organisations that are doing things. Things, but I think what we can all do is still focus on 
bringing corporations or large organisations that have been able to continue to work throughout uh, these times, because you know not all organisations have been in that fortunate situation, mm. is to really make sure that they keep their employees safe and well. And so we're, we're really hoping that many more do come on board. Next up, I spoke to Crystal Barter, CEO of Humanize Health and founder of Pink Hope. She's equal parts activist and entrepreneur and a driving force in the global healthcare landscape. In this discussion, Crystal provides insights into the human behavior around health checks and how things have changed this year. Hey, Crystal, thanks so much for joining. Ah, uh, thanks for inviting me on. No worries. Look, so, so tell us a little bit more about yourself, Crystal. What's your story and what's important to you? So I kind of call myself equal parts health activist and entrepreneur. So my story started growing up from a very young age, knowing that cancer was a defining part of my life. So I carry what is now being made famous by Angelina Jolie, the BRCA gene mutation. But back in the day when my family didn't know what was causing cancer, we literally called it the family curse. So generation upon generation, 30s, 40s, 50s, people were getting diagnosed with breast and ovarian cancer and either just surviving or passing away. And I was about 14 when my mum was diagnosed at 36. So I literally have started in every way, shape or form as a patient navigating a very complex healthcare landscape. Yeah. And so Pink Hope, tell us a little bit more about that. What's that all about? So when I found out that I was BRCA positive, so carrying the genetic mutation that put me at risk of hereditary cancers, I made the decision after navigating the choices to have a preventative double mastectomy at the age of 25. I was literally laying in my hospital bed and I always say it sounds incredibly melodramatic, but I decided that instead of feeling sorry for myself, that I was going to create something that was bigger than me and I was going to use my story to help others and to ensure that other families like mine had options and choices that I never had and previous generations never had. So prevention was at the core of everything Pink Hope stood for. Okay. And and what actually is it? Is it what do people see when they deal with Pink Hope? So Pink Hope is a preventative breast and ovarian health hub. So with the slogan, know your risk and change your future, I decided in my hospital bed at the age of 25 after recovering from a preventative double mastectomy that no one would walk the experience that I did, largely feeling alone and isolated. So we provide personalized support. We focus on issues that matter to families like mine. We ensure equitable access to diagnostics, testing, treatments, and just all round put prevention on the agenda. So for so long, you know, I navigated the healthcare system mm. feeling so alone because it was all based on cancer and when I got it, I would get the support that I need and I decided that if not me, then who? And Pink Hope was born. Amazing. But you do a few things. You've also got humanized health as something that, that you do. What's all that about? So, like I said at the beginning, equal parts health activist <laughs> and entrepreneur. The entrepreneur part of me just looks for solutions to problems. And for so long, I have seen patients being an afterthought, feeling incredibly disenfranchised and undervalued. And I decided to do something about it. So I created a patient engagement digital agency that puts consumers and patients at the very beginning of everything, whether that's like campaigns, projects, you know, research projects, whatever it is, uh, we engage and act as a conduit and get the right people in the room to ensure that consumers and patients aren't an afterthought in the healthcare landscape. 
Very important, and, and I assume that's very important right about now in 2020. We're, we're talking around preventative health checks, and specifically in Australia. From what you've found, are Australians generally good at getting general health checks done? Goodness, okay, I've spent nearly 20 years of my life advocating for people to become better at getting health checks <laughs> and putting their health as the number one priority. I don't think we do it enough. I think the world that we live in is very economic driven and therefore health falls further down on that list. I don't think it's the priority where it should be in terms of spend from government and the healthcare ecosystem more broadly, but individuals, we are, you know, liable for our health outcomes as much as the system which supports that. So I guess seeing 2020 happen the way that it has, the very first thing that I said to my network and to my friends and the people that work around me was, my goodness, 2021 and beyond is going to be the year of missed opportunities with late stage diagnoses of cancer and missed illnesses because people are not going to prioritize their health. COVID is scary. Mm. We're so fortunate. You only have to pick up a newspaper or watch the news and see how this global pandemic is shaping healthcare. And we are so very fortunate. But I feel like Australians need to prioritise their health. You can't have the job, the house, the life that you want if you don't. Mm. I, I think from even from my own perspective, as much as I will advocate to everyone to get a health check done and it's really important to look after your own health, if there's nothing wrong at the time, it's not really something that you think about doing too often. And if there is, if there are bigger things going on in the world, it's probably intuitively lower on your own you know, list of, hey, I should go get a health check done. So when we, just to go back one, when we say, you know, get a routine health check done or a health check, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, breast screening on this episode in particular, but what are we talking about exactly that's relevant for everyone and why is a regular routine health check so important? Well, I think it's really important to mitigate any risk of illness, okay? So sometimes we only have to look at our family health history to understand what our risks are, but sometimes it's written in your genes, right? Mm. And sometimes it's not as simple as, oh, my parents have this or my great-grandparents or grandparents have this. So I think it's really important for people to understand as much as they can their own individual risk of illnesses, whether it's heart disease, whether it's diabetes, whether it's cancer. There are great mechanisms in the healthcare landscape that enables us to do that. The public system is generally equipped for population-based screening is predominantly not for people that are at risk of cancer. It's based for the general population. So I think it's really important that you start as early as humanly possible to really understand your own individual risk of illness and then mitigate that by creating essentially a screening program for yourself. You think about breast screen. 50 and above. I Part of my job has been for the last over 10 years advocating for the needs of 20, 30, 40-year-old people with cancer. And I know that you can very easily fall out of the public screening program. So I... Oh, <laughs> It's hard for me because I really do prioritize my health in the sense of, you know, I go for regular colonoscopies because I have a condition with polyps, got a lesion on the back of my eye that I have screened every year. So even when the doctors say, oh, you can leave it for two years, I'm like, oh, 
it's not meant to be there, so mm. I will go and get it checked. Yeah. And I think everything with health is great in hindsight. <laughs> I think I hear it that many times is, oh, I wish I'd done that yeah. or I wish I'd gone and got us an opinion. It's 2020, 2021. We need to prioritize our health and just thinking that everyone's going to provide you know, program or checks or screening that is unique to you Hmm. is unrealistic. You need to create it. It's really good advice. And and so lastly, just thinking as a country then, I mean, I can think of a number of different campaigns that have run to try and get people in and get health checks done. From what you've seen, have any been more or less successful? And, And what can we learn from that and do differently moving forward? I think what's really interesting about this Novartis Wellness Day right? It is actually centered on providing a day off for their staff to go and do it. Sometimes, you know, if it's up to us, we sometimes just go, okay, it's on the list. But having your workplace provide you the practical tools to be able to take that day and focus it on yourself is, I think, really ingenious in a way, because Mm -hmm. it's not telling people, oh, you know, through uh, advocacy campaign or it's actually inc- inciting that, you know, people taking the time to prioritise their health in their work hours. Mm. So I think it's approached it in a very different way that a lot of campaigns haven't done before. Lastly, in this episode focused around the importance of routine screening, I spoke with Holly Masters, the CEO of the McGrath Foundation, one of Australia's leading breast cancer charities. In this discussion with Holly, we talked about the consequences of delaying routine health screening and the need for us to take more proactive steps around our own health. So thanks, Holly. Firstly, tell us a little bit more about yourself. What's your background? I've been the CEO of the McGrath Foundation now for three years. But prior to that, I worked in retail for a very long period of time. So I come from a commercial environment. And in my role there, I actually worked with breast cancer charities for nearly 20 years. So I've had a really interesting career with very diverse experiences. But I've always had kind of one foot in the camp of social impact organisations. For me as a person, it's always been very important to play a role in making a difference. I had that in my life, you know, with my grandparents and my parents. And so for me, it's always been very important. And I really feel like I've found my niche. The McGrath Foundation is just the most extraordinary organization. And you can actually talk to the people whom it impacts and benefits. And that's just extraordinary to know that not only can I speak to the nurses that we fund, but I can talk to their patients and their loved ones and they can tell me what it is that they really value about what we do. That's fantastic. And for those that don't know, tell us a little bit more about the McGrath Foundation. What's its focus and what's its purpose? The McGrath Foundation is 15 years now that we've been going. Isn't that incredible? And honestly, we've come such a long way. But the one thing that we've always done and we do exceptionally well is we are very focused. We only fund nurses and we do all their professional development. So it was Jane's passion when she was first diagnosed with breast cancer. She didn't have a nurse. And then when it spread, she did. So she understands what it means to go through that, both without a nurse and with. And honestly, the difference having a nurse made was enormous. And she always said, enabled her to be the wife, mother, friend that she wanted to be. And I love that quote because I think for us, we're always thinking, yes, we fund nurses. Yes, we make sure that their professional development is such that they are incredible in terms of their knowledge and the support that they deliver. But ultimately, It's about making sure that the patient and the loved ones around them can have as much time for the important things in life. And that's the really critical part of what we do. That's amazing. And so then thinking around, like we're focusing on health screening and health checks at the moment. 
And so from your side and the McGrath Foundation, what are you finding in terms of people's sentiments and attitudes towards routine health checks and screenings, particularly during this time in COVID? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, we all know COVID has been exceptionally challenging for everybody, no matter where you are in the country. However, in some states, it's been even tougher than for others, particularly because obviously, you know, the health service has had a lot of pressure placed on it in many different areas and has had to adapt and learn incredibly quickly to do things in different ways. And in some instances, for example, breast screen was actually shut down for a period of time because of the challenges of managing around COVID. But then also what we saw was that, and what our nurses were telling us, were the patients were reluctant to go in, first of all, because they were nervous about, well, Am I increasing my risk of catching COVID-19? But also, and this was incredible sentiment that I hadn't thought about until I heard this from patients, because they were worried about clogging the system because they felt that just a standard health check didn't really warrant putting extra burden on the health service at a time when it was trying to deal with so many other challenges. So the reason for people not having health checks often comes from an incredibly altruistic place. And now what we're saying is you need to listen to yourself and you need to really go and get that done because you shouldn't be waiting any longer. There is a reason why we have these annual health checks or hopefully monthly checks that you do yourself because they have a massive benefit, both in terms of picking up disease, but also picking it up early. And that's a crucial factor. And so COVID-19, so looking at the McGrath Foundation for a second, has there been an impact on you guys as the foundation due to COVID-19? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing is that our nurses have had patients who are far more anxious. So they've required much more support. And we're really seeing that weigh heavily on our nurses. But honestly, one of the biggest issues for us is just that communities can't get together and do fundraising events. It's been super challenging for us in terms of raising money. So we were on a great trajectory where we were growing the number of nurses so we can meet the need nationally. And now we're not able to grow that. Fundraising has been hit really hard. And so honestly, this initiative, Bonavartis, is an absolute godsend because for every check that you have done, Novartis will donate $5. And we are just so incredibly grateful at this time when fundraising is so tough. This is why we're able to continue to fund these nurses and make sure they're out there to support patients who desperately need us at this point. So very important. When it comes to then, say, the impact or the challenges it creates by delaying your health screening, does that have impacts on, other than the fact that you may miss something, you know, an early diagnosis of something, what other impacts does it have on, say, the healthcare system? The first thing is that if you catch breast cancer early, then your prognosis is excellent. It has improved incredibly over the last couple of decades, largely because of early detection and then the kinds of treatments that we're able to access. So the survival rate is 91% for five years now if you catch it early. So that's a really crucial part. The flip side, of course, is if you don't catch it early, it means that it might have grown more, it might have become more invasive, it might have spread. And then the treatment pathway that you might have might be more complicated, might be longer, might have multiple more side effects and have a much greater impact on your entire life. Because let's be fair, any breast cancer diagnosis is fairly horrific because it does totally turn your life upside down. And you think about things in a totally different way, where the reality is, even if you catch it early and you have a great prognosis and you move into survivorship, you still changed forever because it changes the way you think about life. At the moment, one of the things we're really worried about is that we've seen a 37% drop in screening during COVID. We suspect that there may be somewhere between five and 8,000 people with breast cancer who have not been diagnosed yet. And so loud and clear, we've been saying, you really need to make it happen. 
even if you're not terribly worried, and let's just say not every change in your breast is breast cancer, but if you have noticed a change or you are overdue on your annual screening, you need to make sure you're getting it done. Yeah. And I've spoken to a few people too, and even from myself, you think, what harm could a couple of months really make? Like, I get the early detection thing. Like, does a couple of months actually make a real difference? Yes, it can, depending on the type of cancer. Sorry, I should say the type of breast cancer, because some might grow much faster than others. And it also can change the course of treatment in the way it's approached, because when it's smaller, then you might have a different approach to when it's larger. So, for example, the difference between having a lumpectomy and a mastectomy where the breast is taken. So, you know, there are multiple different implications and it is never good to leave it. (laughs) The only option is to make sure you do it as early as possible because you're always going to have more choice as well. And sometimes when you have a diagnosis like this, optimizing your choices is really important. And actually, that's one of the things that our nurses are able to do. So one of the reasons that our nurses are so critical and what we try to do is make sure that patients who are newly diagnosed are connected with nurses within seven days is that they help them make the best decisions for themselves and their loved ones because they are bombarded on diagnosis with so much information, all of which is new, lots of new language and words and specialists and understanding how to make smart decisions without going on to Dr. Google and getting incredibly confused. You need your trusted advisor and you need somebody who's trusted and knowledgeable in the resources and local support in your area. And that's why your local nurse is absolutely critical. I should at this point also say our nurses are entirely free and you don't need a referral. And not many people know that. So you don't need to wait until your oncologist or your surgeon or your GP refers you. You can literally jump onto the McGraw Foundation website, go to the find a nurse button, which is right up front, type in your postcode and your local nurse will pop up with their mobile phone number and you can call them at any stage. And that service is available not just for the patient, but also the loved ones. One of the things our nurses are able to do, of course, is protect patients from having extra conversations about cancer because their loved ones can speak to the nurse direct and that makes a big difference. Wow, that's amazing. That's such a low friction in terms of there's no reason not to get in touch and so there should be plenty of people doing that after this. Our goal is always to make it as easy as possible to connect the nurse and the patient and their loved ones because there are so many other challenges and so many question marks and if we say if in doubt just call like we're here for that. If you have a question mark just pick up the phone. Yeah. And I guess the last thing, though, there's always, I guess, depending on where you are in the country and your own health kind of situation, some people might be overly concerned that even like they see the need to go and get a health check performed, but there's still that risk of being exposed to other health issues, particularly COVID. Is there advice or generally that you've been speaking to people about what to do in that particular situation if they're concerned around the COVID side of things? Yes. First thing is we completely understand. There are lots of people who have comorbidities and anxiety about what going into a health environment might look like, going into a GP's environment. The first thing I would say is that these environments are incredibly well set up now. The practice around the way they are supporting individuals, they're super conscious. So you can allay some of those fears, particularly if you want to have a conversation and pick up the phone and understand what those procedures look like to make sure that when you go into that space, you understand what it will look like and how your health will be protected. We try to allay fears, but also incredibly importantly, all of us 
quite frankly, if you grow them, you need to know them. And so one of the things we always encourage people to do is to make sure you're doing your monthly checks. So even if you're not part of an annual screening cycle, you should know your breasts. And this is the same for guys as well as for girls, because although more than 19,000 women every year will be diagnosed, nearly 170 men a year will be diagnosed. And lots of men don't even know that they can get breast cancer. The goal is to make sure you recognize any changes because breasts are different. And so knowing what they look like, what they feel like and noticing any changes is the critical piece. It's not just about a lump. It might be changing the texture of the skin. It might be to do with a nipple. It might be to do with inflammation or soreness, a whole range of different things. Looking, feeling, learning is really important. And we have a very simple guide on the website uh, which will help you learn how to do that for yourself every month. And the critical piece is doing it every month and then doing something about it if you notice a change. So that should be kind of baseline for everybody. The most important thing you can do for yourself. And honestly, if you have a partner and you notice a difference in their breasts as well, male or female, it's also an opportunity for you to call that and sort of say, you know, have you thought, I've just noticed this. Do you think there's something going on? And honestly, it just makes sense to have any change checked out. Highly likely it's nothing, but always go and get it checked and be confident that then you're in good hands and that you're then on the pathway for whatever is required. Such good advice. Thank you, Holly. And a lot of reassurance that can be provided to anyone around Australia that needs to get something done. Thank you so much for your time. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that's it. Thanks to everyone from the Bartis, Pink Hope and the McGrath Foundation for coming together to make this important episode. Hopefully the conversations around what Novartis are doing with Wellness Day and the amazing work being done by Pink Hope and McGrath Foundation have given you some inspiration to go get your own health screening performed. So whether it's a breast check, skin check, prostate exam, colonoscopy, or even just a general health checkup, now's definitely the time to get it done. We've all had a crazy year one way or another. So why not make this something that you've achieved? Something to tick off, to say you went and got a routine health check performed despite everything else that's happening. You owe it to yourself and to the people around you. Lastly, also make sure when you go get your routine check, you also tell a few other people to do the same as well. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Make sure you go check out our website for all our resources, including this podcast and the largest directory of technology solutions available to Australian healthcare practitioners today. Until next time, I'm out of here.